0: This is Scott Becker with the Becker Business Minute Podcast, the Becker Private Equity Podcast. These are 16 thoughts and questions and issues on money management, investment management. Uh, this was really meant for all of us and, and just a study of different issues that we've looked at over the years. And, and hope you enjoy this. Um, thank you. First, probably nothing more important as a first decision in money management, investment management, is your decision on how you're going to allocate your assets to debt versus equity versus cash Um, a long time ago when i was a young investor i got a lesson in this when i was a young investor everybody tells you to be heavily allocated to equities of course i was and of course at one point during the original tech slump 1999-2000 i lost a heck of a lot of the money that i had and that was enough to cause me to really search this issue out as to what is the right allocation and the right allocation is not just what's going to return you the most money over a 50-year period. But it's also the allocation you could live with year to year, day to day, uh, without you know having a heart attack or feeling like you're really going to struggle. At the time, I read an article about allocation that basically said the allocate things, 33% bonds, 33% cash, 33% equities. And again, that may not be the perfect allocation. It was meant to lead to a longer term stable outlook in terms of finances make some money, but not have big losses in any given year and so forth. That was just one thought on allocation, and that's not really the allocation I live with today, but it was very insightful to me that there were different ways to approach this than being all in at 25, uh, but to have a balance and to look at a balance. The the second thing we'll talk about is types of portfolios. This goes with allocation. There are really three types of portfolios. What people think is a conservative portfolio, which is heavily weighted towards bonds and cash, There's a growth portfolio, which is heavily weighted towards equities, and then there's a balanced portfolio, which is somewhere in between. And again, everybody's got to make their own choice, but probably the biggest decision you have to make is how much money you're gonna put away and how you're gonna allocate your assets. So it, it makes sense to spend a lot of time trying to figure this out and trying to figure out how you'll react based on different outcomes of your allocation. The third thing we talk about is, and we alluded to this early on, is the difference between behavioral finance or psychology of money as Morgan Housel writes versus the optimal investment allocation. So the optimal investment allocation over a 50 or 80 year period might be all in on equities. And that may very well be the optimal, but the reality is you need to live with whatever allocation you have, and it's gotta suit you. And so you've gotta constantly sort of balance these thoughts about what works for you year to year, day to day, over a long period of time versus what me might be economically optimal. Um uh, and, and that takes a lot of, you know, trying to figure out, are you gonna have fear of missing out if equities go down? Or are you gonna have a heart attack if equities go go if if, if equities excuse me, you're going are you going to have fear of missing out if equities go up? Are you gonna have a heart attack if equities go down too much? And what balance works for you? And that's understanding your own sort of behavioral finance, your own, how you view money, how well you stomach the ups and downs of things. Me, I, I didn't grow up wealthy. Uh, I worry so much about money and being financially secure that I couldn't live with uh, uh, the optimal strategy, but went more for the, the, the thing that works for me from a behavioral standpoint in terms of allocation of dollars. Fourth is core asset classes. And again, there's sort of three core alternative classes, uh, bonds, Cash and equities, meaning public equities. And then there's all kinds of other asset classes you have to choose are you going to be involved in, alternative assets, private equity, real estate, gold, other types of things. I view it as the two core assets that I really work with are bonds, really treasury bonds, and an index fund, an SP index fund. But but this is something also you when you're a financial planner or you with a lot of study you have to determine what are going to be your core sort of asset classes that you're going to work with. Fifth is whether or not you're going to have a heavy amount of money in order to consider alternative asset classes real estate private equity venture capital other types of things Uh, we abide by a theory that most of our assets are going to be in our core asset classes and then a small percentage are going to be in these kinds of assets but of people have done really well holding a lot of money in things like real estate rental income development properties all kinds of other things you know i i I've done okay in that stuff i've not done a lot of it but but some of it private equity and venture capital too which is the decision is when you go in private equity and venture capital you tie up your money it's not immediately liquid the idea is that you'll get better returns you'll pay a higher percentage fees on it but the hope is you'll get better returns uh and on average private equity and venture capital may outperform the markets uh it's not always the case but it's also there's a big continuum of how different funds do but also understanding so understanding How much are you gonna do with alternative asset classes versus core asset classes? The sixth thing we always talk about is active versus passive investing. Are you gonna invest in sort of index funds, which I largely choose to do, versus invest actively, uh, either with a mutual fund that's actively managed, that's not trying to mirror the market, but trying to do better than the market, trying to outperform the market. Everybody has different views on this. You pay more to invest in an actively managed fund than an index fund. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Uh, The the returns over different periods of time differ some. Every active manager will tell us that they do better than the index funds. The literature doesn't necessarily bear that out. We've ended up going much more towards passive investment vehicles like ETFs and index funds, but we don't do that for bonds. There's a whole different story about that on bonds. Seventh, expense ratios. And, And again, what expenses are you paying to have somebody manage your money or are you paying to invest your money yourself? For example, even a different money market fund, the the money market fund that I invest in through Vanguard might be 10 basis points, the same similar money market at Fidelity might be 20 to 40 basis points, thus it doesn't really make sense uh, unless you're gonna have a big enough delta in your return at Fidelity to have money in the Fidelity money market fund. You have to watch these things closely because in good times and bad, the expense ratios have a big impact on what your ultimate returns are you're gonna generally have lower expense ratios for bond investments, uh, fixed income investments, than you are for equity investments. Uh, but but these are things you have to look at and understand. What am I paying in investment fees and expenses? And you just need to understand it because there are significant differences based on what you're investing in. Eighth is are you gonna hire money managers to do it yourself? Most people probably need some help in managing their money. And there's a different decision, very personal decision. But it depends a lot on how aggressive a portfolio you want to have and what you're trying to accomplish. The more you're trying to accomplish, the more you probably need outside help. The more you're looking for stability. Maybe you don't need it as much, but that's a very personal decision. And you really have to you know, interview a number of money managers and other wealth managers and try and figure out your approach and what it's going to be. Ninth, one of the things that we believe in is don't buy on margin. Don't buy, you know, don't use... Don't use debt to invest in stocks. We think this should be an absolute rule for every American. Don't buy a margin. Um, tenth, stock picking. Again, very few of us can outperform the market by doing our own stock picking. There's just so much that you don't know that we don't know. I mean, I do a little bit of individual stock picking. Generally, it doesn't go all that well. I do far better in my SP index fund. You know, last year I thought for sure Amazon and Microsoft are the answer for the long run. They've done very okay since I invested in them, quite frankly, not so well. Um, you know, I took a flyer and investing in some Bitcoin stocks, some other stocks, cannabis ETFs, and again, none of these things went well. Similarly, I do own some individual positions in Bank of America, Coca-Cola. They've done fine over the long run, but certainly, the index funds I've invested in have done just as well if not better than investing in individual stocks. And most of us just don't know enough. I ain't good in that don't know enough to invest in individual stocks. Uh, one of things I will tell you also is we are a huge believer in whatever you're going to invest in, you ought to understand very well. And of course, I don't always follow those rules. But by and large, you ought to know what you're investing in very well. Eleventh, if you if you want to get rich, most likely, aside from sort of being born rich or inheriting a lot of money, uh, in the industries where people seem to get richer, you know, wealthy finance, tech, building your own business seem to be the three core ways to serious wealth. Obviously, a lot of people build businesses around real estate, uh, but they own those businesses, they own part of those businesses, and so forth. But finance, tech, build your own business, real estate, if you want to get really wealthy, you want to be affluent, there's a lot of ways to do it. Uh, And you got to be careful on your spend, which we'll talk about in a second. Twelfth is happiness. And this goes into the behavioral finance perspective. Multiple different issues here. One, there are countless studies that show over a certain amount of money, people aren't any happier. You need enough money to live on, take care of your family, do what you want to do. But the difference in happiness between somebody who's worth a million dollars and five million dollars is generally nothing. Same thing between somebody who makes a hundred thousand, there's almost no difference in happiness. Once you're above a certain threshold, whether well, they make a hundred thousand or a million dollars, it probably doesn't matter in terms of your actual happiness. You might have more financial security, though. Um, so 13th goes back to what we talked about so many times today. Whatever strategy you have on investing has to work for you. So, I can never live with a high risk strategy. I would have had a heart attack 15 times over. I just couldn't do it. I'm by nature stressed a little bit, a little anxious. It would be bad for me. I would have to, like, you know, take so much anti anxiety drugs if I had a high volatility portfolio. But everybody's different. You have to do what works for you. Uh, 14th point is once you've got money in the market, The whole goal is to keep money in the market forever there's this concept of time in the market versus timing the market very hard to time the market you want to keep money in the market for the long run this concept of time the market versus timing the market so keeping money in the in there for the long run 15th is you know goes with the stuff that the greatest determination of how well you do investing is typically how much money you put away so you constantly every month want to make it as automatic as you can to put money away to invest money, to put it into your strategy, to put it into your allocation, put money away constantly. The, the 16th point to financial security is, and it goes with investing and it goes to putting money away constantly, is ultimately to spend less than you make. If you're going to sort of ultimately make this work in the long run, it is a constant discipline. We are constantly hit with multiple different things to spend on, you know, stimulus points, uh, people that want to sell you stuff, uh, things that the neighbors have, stuff like that. And it is a constant discipline to say, you know, for example, I'm in a car. It's got seventy three thousand miles on it. Excuse me, seventy three thousand five hundred seventy four miles on it. And at the end of the day, would I like a new car? Sure. But it's constant discipline to say, could I afford a new car? Probably. But it's constant discipline to say, I'm not getting a new car unless it has at least hundred thousand miles on it, or whatever the number is. But it, but it's the same with everything. It's there's so much stress to buy to spend money in a consumer society. And one of the great determinants of wealth is are you putting away money monthly. And are you spending less than you make? And it's those two things go hand in hand with that discussion. And then when you put the money away, you got to put it in a way that both is smart and that works for you and makes sense for you. In any event, those are our 16 thoughts this morning on investment and money management. Doubtless there are countless others. Thank you for joining us today on the Becker Private Equity Podcast, the Becker Business Minute Podcast. I hope I didn't put you to sleep. I'll reward you for listening all the way through. If you're the first person to text me at 773 766 5322. And you're not one of our regular respondents. uh, We'll send you a $50 gift certificate at, at Amazon gift certificate by text. Thank you for listening to the Becker Business Minute podcast, the Becker Private Equity podcast. And thank you to Jeremy Corr, a remarkable leader at Executive Podcast Solutions, founder, CEO, just magnificent. Thank you so much, Jeremy.